Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 64 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something exciting. We're going to talk about miracles. What are they? And do they still happen today? Miracles are extraordinary occurrences that can only be attributed to to a supernatural work of God. They surpass all human abilities and natural law. They also demonstrate God's involvement in human lives. The Bible also uses the phrases signs and wonders and mighty works when describing miracles. Miracles come from God. Let me be clear. Men do not perform miracles. Only God can perform miracles. Often God uses people to pray about or speak to a situation, but only God has the power to perform the miracle. We do not have the creative power to perform miracles. It would be wise to stay far away from anyone who claim they performed a miracle. All credit and glory belongs to God and God alone. The purpose of miracles is clear. Miracles provide evidence of God's existence, power, and authority. God uses miracles to reveal himself, his character, and his purpose to us through miraculous measures that are otherwise unexplainable. Miracles direct us to the one who can do what we cannot. Miracles build faith. Miracles transcend human understanding and causes people to recognize that God is real and active in the world. There are many people who deny the existence of miracles. And while we admit believing in miracles will always require faith in things unseen, we do not believe without evidence. There are many archaeological, historical, and eyewitness accounts of miracles. While skeptics will always be leery of personal testimonies, we need only look to the court system for validation. Even the courts take the abundance of compiled eyewitness testimony as evidence to establish facts and determine verdicts. We can also use this method 
regarding the understanding of the existence of miracles, personal experiences, especially coming from those sources we know and trust, should be taken into account and factored into our defense of the existence of miracles. The Old Testament gives us many examples. Israel facing the Red Sea, unable to cross over on their own. Pharaoh's army coming from behind. They could not go forward. They could not go back. They certainly did not have the ability within themselves to part the Red Sea. Nor were they a trained army, so they could not turn and fight. And in the midst of this, God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, what's in your hand? Moses says, a rod. And God says, lift up what's in your hand out over the sea. And as Moses stood with his hands lifted and the rod out, the wind began to blow. The Bible says the wind blew all night long. And as it blew, the waters of the Red Sea parted. And Israel walked across on dry ground. This was something that was not humanly possible. Certainly was an act of God. Certainly a miracle performed by God. Man stood in obedience to God's word, but man did not have the ability to create this miracle. But the one who spoke and created the universe has all power. And he spoke to his creation and the wind blew and the waters parted. And they walked across on dry ground. What an incredible example of an Old Testament miracle. We also find in Daniel chapter 3 verses 8 through 27 the story of another miraculous intervention by God. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold and he commanded the musicians to play and he commanded all those that would come that heard the music that they should bow down when the music played. And word got back to Nebuchadnezzar that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar as king. They only worshiped the one true living God. When Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego was brought before Nebuchadnezzar, he told him, we know that our God is able to deliver us. But even if he does not deliver us, O king, we will not bow down to you. And this made Nebuchadnezzar very angry. And the Bible says that he commanded the fiery furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than it had ever been heated. So hot that when they went to cast in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it burnt those mighty men that took them to throw them in. But we find that the fire did not consume the children of God. Matter of fact, Nebuchadnezzar says, did we not cast in three? And when they replied, yes, we cast in three, he says, but I see four in the fire because in the midst of the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not alone. There's miraculous things happening all around them. When they are ordered to be brought forth out of the fiery furnace, the Bible says something remarkable. It says that even the smell of the smoke was not upon their clothes. God had intervened and made a way. These are powerful 
examples of the Old Testament working of miracles, that God was intervening in a way that was not humanly possible, that was not according to human reason, it was not according to natural law. But when God performs miracles, God is not bound by the natural laws of the universe, for he is the creator of all things. And God performed the miracle. The faithfulness was upon the people of God, but the power was in the God of the people, and he made a way. Even where there seems to be no way, the miracles happened. So we have examples of miracles in the Old Testament, and the New Testament is likewise filled with miracles. In the New Testament, miracles played a critical role in Jesus's ministry. These miracles displayed God's power, fulfilled Old Testament prophecy, and inspired confidence in Jesus. One such example is found in Mark chapter number four and verse number 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. The Bible continues in verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say unto him, master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And immediately the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And they marveled among themselves, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Another example in the New Testament, we find the lady that had the issue of blood. For 12 years, her body had bled. The Bible says that she had gone to many physicians. She spent from her living, not her savings. She done all that she could. She went to many physicians, but the Bible says she rather grew worse. The medicines had not worked. The physicians tried everything and finally looked at her and said, there's nothing more that we can do. And when she walked out of the clinic that day, she could either go home understanding the hopelessness of her inability. She could not heal herself. She could not deliver herself from this torment of 12 years. But she had heard of a man named Jesus, and she pressed through the crowd. And the Bible says that she reached up and touched the hem of Jesus's garment. The Bible says that the Lord said, who touched me? And the disciples marveled at such a question because the crowds were gathered all around. They said, Lord, do you not see this crowd? And you yet ask, who touched you? Jesus understood there was a difference between a press 
and a touch. For when she touched the hem of his garment, virtue or power went out of him and into her. And immediately that blood issue was staunched. Immediately she quit bleeding. This was very important because according to the book of Leviticus, anyone that had an issue of blood was unclean. They could not be in a place of worship. They were ceremonially unclean. They were also physically unclean and could not be with their family. Anything that they touched become unclean clean. And so for 12 years, she had suffered the separation of worship and suffered the separation of family. But in a moment of touching Jesus, what could not be done by doctors and what could not be done by herself was done by the miracle worker. The Lord reached down and healed her. What an incredible example of how faith turns into miracles. God healed her body. But the question remains, what about today? Do miracles still happen today? Some would argue that the days of miracles have ceased. When discussing miracles, many skeptics point to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 8, where Paul writes, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. The word fail there in the original text means cease. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. The word cease there means come to an end or to no longer be needed. Now that's an important point to remember. They want you to believe that this text shows God's power to perform miracles has now ceased. First, Paul clearly writes, shall cease. This is future tense, meaning at some point in the future, these displays of God's power will no longer be required from man. Certainly, Paul is correct. In the future, when we get to heaven, these things will cease because we'll no longer have need for prophecies, tongues, and might I add, miracles. But as for today... I would respectfully remind the skeptic, we are not in heaven yet. Therefore, the before mentioned things are still very much needed and active in the world today. So the answer to the question is, do miracles happen today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number eight says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power and abilities to perform miracles have not changed. His strength has not diminished. What he has done in the past, he still has the power to do today. Jesus confirmed this When he told his disciples in John 14 and 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Now I want you to note the phrase greater works. Greater works in this text doesn't mean more powerful works. We humans will certainly never be more powerful than God. Greater works in this text means in more abundance. In other words, Jesus is confirming that the miracles he will do through his people will be greater in number than he performed while he walked upon the earth. 
This is scriptural proof of the continuation of miracles into our modern day. No wonder Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 declares, signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. Modern day miracles are still available to them that believe. God's power is still available. His healing is still available. Whatever you have need of, listener, God has the ability to work a miracle in your life. I want you to begin to believe again. I want to reach down and touch your heart and stir you up and encourage you today that no matter how much you've been through, no matter what you've faced, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for you, who can be against you? God's power is still in the earth. God's miracle work and ability is still in the earth. When you begin to call on his name, the name of Jesus, everything begins to change. He begins to work. He will do what we do not have the power to do. When we begin to invoke his name and worship him, his power will be revealed in our situation. So we have looked over two powerful examples of miracles in the Old Testament. We've looked over two powerful examples of miracles in the New Testament. We have proven that modern-day miracles still exist. Let me give you two examples that I have seen God perform. I was preaching in a church in Georgia. We'd been in revival for some time. And a man came into service with a cancerous growth on his face. You could see what looked to literally be roots of the cancer working its way through his skin. And it looked like a black scab on the side of his face. Those blackened roots went through to his nose to the point that his doctors had placed plastic tubes inside of his nose. So as the roots collapsed his airway, he could still breathe through his nose. I watched him walk in, and to be honest with you, the look of the cancer on his face was very disturbing. But in a service, in a revival meeting, I did not lay hands on him. I never touched him. I was standing there praying with the church as they prayed for him. But I watched as his granddaughter, and that's a miracle story for another time, reached over and began to point and pray. And I watched with my own eyes a personal witness of these things as the roots of that cancer began to move in his face and they began to shrivel away to the point that they removed from the nose to the place that the tubes that were placed inside of there for breathing purposes literally fell out of his nose. I watched as those cancerous uh, tumors began to shrivel away until part of it literally fell off of his face into the floor. Doctors confirming days later that he had been completely healed in that church service. Can I explain that? Not in man's natural ways. Can I medically explain that? No, neither could his doctor, but I can explain it in a spiritual manner. There is a God that has power greater than the laws of this universe. There is a God that is greater and more powerful than any sickness, any cancer, any disease. When we begin to call on the name of Jesus, that cancer shriveled up and 
and fell away from his face. In that service, he wasn't the only one healed. Yes, he was the only one physically healed, but that miracle led other people to an altar. That miracle that others witnessed. I wasn't the only one that saw that. There were many gathered around that saw that happen. And when that happened, it led other people to a place of increased faith in that church. Because miracles serve so many purposes. They increase faith. They point to the one that is greater. Another time, my grandfather and I were going into the town that I grew up in, in Mississippi. We pulled into a gas station to get gas, and that gas station that he normally used was closed. And so we went across the street to another gas station, got out, began to fill up with fuel, and walked in to pay. When we walked in to pay, no one was in the shop, and finally we heard someone say that they were coming, and we could hear a baby crying. And when this young lady walked out, she was carrying her baby, and this baby had white bandages on both eyes. This baby had a head wrap of bandages around its head and had monitors stuck to its chest that went to an oxygen sensor that if this baby were to stop breathing, that alarm would go off and that mother could shake that baby and try to get that baby resuscitated. And you may be wondering, just like we were, why is this baby in this condition in this gas station? Shouldn't it be somewhere else? Well, certainly we found out the reason This baby was in that condition because its father had abused it, had beaten it when it would not stop crying, and then got so angry that he began to throw that baby repeatedly into a wall until that baby went from crying to screaming to silent. And finally, when they got the baby to the hospital, it was completely blind and had gone completely deaf, had a severe concussion and something wrong with its heart. The reason that baby was in that gas station in that condition is because that mother had fled from another state. She had come there to that place trying to get away to save the baby and to save herself from the baby's father. What a tragic situation. And while we were standing there hearing the story and paying for fuel, the alarm went off on that sensor. That baby stopped breathing That mother, done like any mother would do, and began to panic. She ran to me and said, you've got to help me. And the only thing I knew to do was call on the name of Jesus. I reached down, placed my hand on that baby's head, on that little body, and I began to pray, God, you've got to move. Lord, I'm asking for you to reach down right now and heal. Let your healing power flow, Lord. It's not us. It's not about us, but it's all about you. God, you're the only one that can heal. I can't heal. I can't deliver anybody, but you, oh God, can do anything. And that monitor went off and baby began to breathe again. And we witnessed a miracle in that place. But that's not where the story ends. A few weeks later, my grandfather went back to that same place to get fuel and just to check and see if that young lady was still there. When he pulled up to get fuel, she came running out with the baby in her arms, no monitor, 
and no bandages. She said, I didn't know how to get in touch with you. I'm so glad you came back. After you guys left, my daughter would not quit crying to the point that I was so concerned that I, I took her to the hospital. And when I took her to the hospital, miraculous things had happened. They removed the gauze from the baby's eyes and that baby could see again. She noticed that when she would talk or when there was music or something, a noise would happen, the baby would jump and turn that direction, healed from being deaf. The baby's brain was completely restored from the tremendous concussions that it had and its body put completely back whole again, no longer needing a heart monitor. God did that. It was a miracle from God that reached down and touched that baby's life, a modern day example. Just as God performed miracles for people in the past, he still performs miracles today. These miracles are not just for other people. They're for you too. God knows exactly what you need and he desires to show himself real to you. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that your faith would be strengthened. I want to pray that your confidence in God would be strengthened and that you would be encouraged knowing that God also will work miracles in your life and for your family as well. God, you know exactly what each listener needs. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you reach down right now and do the undeniable for them. Touch their lives, move mountains, perform the miraculous. We know that you can and we know that you will. And we call on your name. In the name of Jesus, there is still miracles available today. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Message me when God performs that miracle for you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions.